Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 365. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts from warm Savage, Minnesota, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. Was it savagely warm? It's toasty. Yeah, really, it's like 41. <laughs> yeah, no, it was beautiful and sunny here today in West Michigan, where both myself and our amazing regular, semi-regular third chair, our co-host, uh, Katie uh, Katie Quinn Prashad is with us. Hello. Hello. Good to mm. be back, as always. As and always. I'm sure you don't regret it whatsoever, Katie. Oh, absolutely not. No, it's just a stunning time. <laughs> Had by all. We as, we as we've, we've ramped up her Q factor uh, amongst whoever it is that listens to these shows. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, it's, it's always good to, to show up. And with video, you never know what color hair Katie will be uh, sporting today. It's a it's a lovely shade of green. So mm-hmm. uh, could be uh, Madam Hydra, could be um, – what's another uh, – she Hulk, yeah, She Hulk. Any uh, any Orion from uh, Star Wars or uh, tri- oh my god, wow! I'm not even drinking this week. That's Star okay. Trek. I did that. I did that on Code Forty Seven. So. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yes. Then everything. I did it. Every, I did it first. Every, everything has uh, everything has leveled out. No one's ever made yet. that mistake before. And I no. think there's a bigger faux pas on Code Forty Seven since oh, that's no. a Star Trek podcast. So I'm pretty sure that you know once that one gets out there, uh, Charlie's going to get notes saying that I'm not allowed back. I, I admire how you own up to that one. Excellent. But one, <laughs> one thing that, uh, and Todd, you picked a humdinger for this week's cover. Uh, follow Easy Company into the Jigsaw of War. This is Sergeant Rock, uh, issue uh, from DC Comics, issue uh, 365, obviously, from June of 1982. Uh, and you just have, and Todd will toss this up on the YouTube when we're doing it, so you'll be able to see it. But it's, you know, the fabled Sergeant Rock as a puzzle piece. Kind of a weird looking puzzle piece. Aren't puzzle pieces usually a little bit more blocky? Yeah. So I mean I've a done puzzle on the artist part to make that yeah. puzzle. <laughs> I, I I think so. But yes, you see it. You see a hand uh, with a puzzle piece with Sergeant Rock on it. We have found the missing piece, but the hand is a cufflink has the big old schwashed on it. So this is not a good scenario. Todd, when are we going to get around to, to starting to read some of these? We always threaten that we're gonna we're gonna do a breakdown of a few of these weird old covers and be good like, question. I'll have to get the random number generator to figure out the 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 range of episodes where we started doing this right we'll run yes. it in and we'll figure out what it displays and we'll see how it goes um but the <laughs> funny part about sergeant rock is the fact that he's had 365 issues and i don't think anybody knows about him outside of like the really geek elite right yeah it it, it, it does it, it is it's one of those cover scanners i don't know that i could name or and i saw him in my who's who in dc comics which i love because that's the you know official handbook of the dc universe that was published in the mid 80s i think so that's was always my knowledge of DC characters because I was always a Marvel reader. But yeah, Sergeant Rock was their basically their Nick Fury in the Howling Commandos, um, fighting the fighting the fighting the fighting the Isn't that what they called him? Isn't that what Bucky called him? The Ratsies, the Nazis, the Ratsies. Pretty much. Fun fact yeah. about Sergeant Rock: He made his first appearance in Army of War number eighty nine, eighty one in April nineteen fifty nine, and they finally renamed the book to Sergeant Rock in nineteen seventy seven. So there you go. Wow. Totally relevant information. So, Katie, uh, have you ever heard of Sergeant Rock before? 
Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Oh um, apparently he's only been in like a, a few like non DC like comics things. Like he's been a couple of the animated series. He was in, apparently there was supposed to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger helm film with him in the lead as Sergeant mm-hmm. rock. And apparently there was supposed to be a Sergeant rock video game that never occurred except he was in a game boy color game called Sergeant rock on the front line. Wow. That's crazy. That is absolutely staggeringly important information but moving on uh when we want to get the real scoop i'll tell you what we need to do is we're gonna we're gonna get in uh a cab slash uber we're gonna go down to the corner of hollywood and find where our senior news correspondent madam webb has the the straight dope uh hopefully not literally uh in her rumors and news so let's go now it's time for madam webb's rumors and news take it away boys Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness. We are ready to get into it, Madam Webb. Um, I believe you were planning to go to Florida for your snowbird trek, but unfortunately, um, nobody's taking hitchhikers these days. Um, either they're afraid of getting COVID or they're afraid of you killing them. So um, I don't know. She used to be have a, a, a warrant out for arrest for hitching and ditching, but, you know, we don't know. As of Did right you- now, she's just laying low. Gas, grass, or the other thing everybody pays? Oh, yikes. All right. Up first, uh, we have the the sublime Michael Keaton, who has had he's had a bit of a, a career renaissance, I would say, in the last 10 years. It feels like we had him for, you know, his, his career kind of petered out with, like, multiplicity in the late 90s. And then it feels like you never saw him in anything for a long time. And then all of a sudden, he's back uh, doing Birdman. Uh in a movie called Birdman, which I never saw. And then as the uh, the villainous Birdman in the Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, where he was the vulture. So uh, we know from the trailers of Morbius that uh, his character will be back in that. But now he's teasing us uh, that we could end up seeing him in some other projects. So... Um, yeah, I, what, I mean, what do we think about this? I, I've, I've always liked him. I've loved him since Mr. Mom. What can I say? <laughs> I mean, I definitely was excited. He was the only exciting part about the Morbius trailer for me. So, Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't really feel like one way or the other about him. So, I mean, like if he shows up in something, I'm going to be like, that's cool. If he's like, I'm not going to like rush out to a theater. If he's in something, but he's not a draw. He's not like, you know, Marky Mark was in the Uncharted movie. <laughs> oh, got to see Marky Mark. <laughs> I mean, there's very few actors that I have where I would see something specifically because they were in it. So because they were so amazing, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> OK, I, I'm confused here. So I'm looking at who's actually in Morbius. Is Matt Smith been announced that he's in this movie? Because he's he, in he this was, movie. He's in the trailer. Is he? I guess yeah, he but, but he, he's like, well, yeah, I think he's on for, it's kind of a blink and you'll miss a kind of moment. And there has been no conversation about what character he's playing unless it's, it's yeah, it's not even really outlined in him. Because, yeah, you're right. It says Morbius stars, you know, Leto, Keaton, Matt Smith. And you're like, Matt Smith? Like Jared Harris, you see him. You see Tyree Skipson in the trailer kind of prominently. But, yeah, Matt Smith is just in passing. Okay. Well, uh, Michael Keaton is one of those actors that I always feel like he's doing his own thing most of the time. 
But when he appears, he gives it his all. So mm-hmm. I, I think I don't. And it's funny. They even talk about how the fact that he doesn't understand how the Marvel and the Sony universes work. He just like, I just show up and do the work. So he's he's here to not worry about his stuff. He's playing a role. So I don't know if he is a draw or not. Quite honestly, he's just a really he play. He's a very good character actor now uh, rather than a leading man. I think that's good. I think it's great that he's getting work. And it's, it's great that he's in these. He's got a legacy of being in multiple things now. So um, I, I'm just glad to see him working. Working, working. I like it. So it'll be good. So, Todd, we have this movie coming up uh, that I actually have in this, uh, a, a friend of mine from high school, uh, Steve Steckity, who's a bit of a movie buff, who's going to be joining us in a couple of weeks to talk about this film. So when is this one coming out again? Is it? It's an April movie. It's, and April. it's an April movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well stay, you know, stay tuned as always, and uh, uh, we will be there for you. Um, bittersweet Symphony of Life is the uh, film wrapping of Indiana Jones number five. This is one that, Todd, you're going to have to take this one away from me. I might get too emotional. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, Indiana Jones five is happening. Um, Apparently, Frank Marshall said it has wrapped. They showed a hat, which is good news because that means Harrison Ford is not going to be in deadly peril ever again from falling out of an airplane, getting things shut on him, uh, or, you know, just being grumpy and getting mad and pissing someone off. Um, yeah. Right. So he, this is going to be the first Indiana Jones movie, not directed by Spielberg. Uh, James Mangold is directing him. James, James Mangold is really cool. And he puts a cool spin on things like Logan. We saw him do that. And he's been mm-hmm. done a bunch mm-hmm. of other films. So this will be a different Indiana Jones film, which I think is perfectly fine because the last one totally did not work. Just didn't feel like it was up to par and we are getting this film, and we've got a very talented cast, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Thomas Kretschmann, and Antonio Banderas. Um, yeah, so at this point, they haven't really talked about what the plot will be. Uh, if it's going to be Indy being in his time frame, he'll then be in the what, 60s. Uh, late 60s. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, gave, they gave us a time frame, or they gave us a, a stamp, and I think they said it was 1969. We, that was in part of some past articles. So, um <sighs> I mean, Indiana Jones is very important to me personally for a lot of different reasons that I've talked about in the past, but I just I just don't know what to make out of this film. You know what I mean? Katie, what about you? Where do you stand with Indiana Jones? Um, I loved the original ones. They are absolutely fantastic. And um, like Sean Connery and Henry Fo- or um, Harrison Ford were phenomenal together. Um, but I have not actually even seen the fourth one. I think that's the one with... Uh, what's the, Chris- the, the crystal, the crystals, and uh, yeah, that actor that nobody talks about anymore, Shia LaBeouf, yeah, was his, um, was his was his son. Spoiler alert! Now you don't have to see it. Yeah, and that's the, so like this one. If they go back more to the roots of Indiana Jones, if that makes more sense, as far mm-hmm. as just kind of the feeling, because it always felt like it was like an action, almost comedy, but like it never took itself too seriously. You knew it was gonna be kind of campy. You knew it was gonna be kind of goofy, but it was really good fun. And uh, if it if it feels more like that vibe, cool. I'm all for it. If not, like I'll definitely. It's one of those ones where I'm not. You know, it's just we're we're doing the good good for them. Cool. I have I have no good skin in this game at this point. I didn't even really. I think I knew they were making a fifth one. Right. Had, it's like I didn't good, know where it was. Right. Good yeah. for you, buddy. So, you Big know, thumbs good, up. Good for you, Michael Keaton, for getting work. Good for you for making another Indiana Jones movie. Wait, you know. Michael Keaton's on this. Oh, are you doing like oh, combined no, the two? I'm like, okay. like yeah. Keaton's on this too. That's, that's <laughs> big re- Apparently, somehow Katie had insider knowledge. Hopefully, oh. the, hopefully <laughs> the people. 
the people no, from, I mean, uh, from Disney aren't coming to your house to make you disappear. No, I was saying this is the news stories of just good for you is so far. Right. Yes, uh, exactly. All, all, lo- all love and happiness. Yeah. Like so, so we do know, though, they did confirm in the story that um, he'll once again be trading blows to the Nazis, which means if it's late 60s, then we're going to be around Argentina, well, Argentina or places right. unknown. Nazi treasure. Now, what I don't want this movie to be is once again, it's that some sentimentality like, oh, it's the final Indiana Jones are going to touch and have all these like touchy feely things because we kind of mm-hmm. got that in the last movie where they yeah, did a lot time. of that. So I'm like, oh, this could play out badly or this could right. go maybe a darker direction, which might be good for Indiana Jones at this point because um, maybe he's had enough and he's ending his life and. We'll see how he goes. I don't know. Well, I, I, got it. I hope it's not that dark. Well, you know, in the last at the end of the last movie, you're right. It was very touchy feely because he he saw Marion for the first time in a long time and found out that he had a son he didn't know about. And then at the end of it, they got married. So it was kind of like, huh? <laughs> trying so, to wrap everything up in a bow. It just didn't seem right. right. And that and again, that movie was. Almost 15 years ago, so it's just, yeah, it, yeah, it was. Th- this to me, Todd, I just get the feeling that when this does drop a year from now, it's a little over a year from now that we're going to be adding this to the long list of you know sequels that that, that were just that were too far apart and were unnecessary. That that's what I'm afraid of. But it, it would be great to be wrong because again, I, I love Indiana Jones so much. But anyway, well, it'll be great because Michael Keaton's in it. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's what's going to save it. Uh, Todd, moving on to news that I just know you're going to have a lot to say about because it's Star Wars news. Uh, the only Star Wars film actually on route to be on any production slate, unless I'm very much mistaken, Rogue One, uh, now back, uh, back being undead, um, with Patty Jenkins uh, apparently back at the helm, but it's being discussed again. So... Um, uh, Katie, you want to take a crack at this one? Todd and I are doing all the blathering. <laughs> um, I am just seeing a repeated hot mess. It seems like Disney can't, for some reason, just make a decent Star Wars movie. And- or any. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Patty Jenkins is, is back on, she was gone. I mean, and honestly, I'm not thrilled with how she handled like Wonder Woman 2. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, especially because like beforehand, she was in there, oh, no, this was 100% mine, 100% mine, 100% mine. And then it was getting terrible reviews. And she's like, oh, no, the producers did a lot of that. Like, <laughs> right. The colossal, the colossal back pedal. Could, <laughs> could there be a Wonder Woman 84 cut? Oh, and it's, oh. it's seven hours long. Watch out. <laughs> but so I don't. Like I was really excited with Rogue when they initially announced they were going to do a Rogue Squad Squadron movie. What ten years ago it feels like uh-huh. at this point, but now I'm very apprehensive about it because yeah. I just I haven't been seeing anything good in their movies lately. It seems like it's just kind of a scramble to try to make money. Well, I see you're having feelings about this. Like I was, like I'm having feelings about Indiana Jones Five. It's just like it's just kind of like don't. And Star Wars is having such. Big success. I mean, they're doing, you know, they're doing great things on uh, on the small screen. Book of Boba Fett was not one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody and their grandmother loves the Mandalorian. Um, you know, there were some mixed reviews about the Bad Batch. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. And there have been so they're batting thirty five percent. So yeah, I would give it a lean like 31% at this point. Yeah, it's just it's it's so crazy to me that Star Wars never had 
any kind of television live live action television program uh, until 2019 when we saw the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars was 10 years before that. And that was animated and that was something regular that was considered canon. So prior to that, it was only films and those films were really spaced apart. So, you know, now we're looking at the fact that it just does not seem to be a film franchise anymore. It's just really bizarre. I mean, the only thing I can say is that I'm with uh, Watiti um, doing his own movie. It looks like along with Kevin Feige, I'd be more interested to see what those two are up to. Right, this rogue squadron, squadron thing, and it, <laughs> I, I, it was it, it was it's 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 the the dazzlement of these weird stories that must be it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I mean, Todd, you, you're the hardliner with the Star Wars. What's your what's your take? Yes, there's there's more Star Wars than there has been before, and I just don't know if more Star Wars means there's good that much more good Star Wars, but there is Star Wars you can pick from, which I, I appreciate having choices. I don't mm-hmm. have to watch it all just because I know a lot of it's not going to be up my alley anymore, which is fine. Um, I, I do want to see other people's takes on Star Wars and see what they can deliver, because right now we're in the Filoni Favreau-verse, and... Mm-hmm. I don't think it's good to only have one person's vision because you get tunnel vision. You only can see what he is. Like like Lucas, we eventually just got his vision and nobody giving their inputs to provide a better overall story. And it just kind of went where it went. Um, we'll see where this goes, but it's kind of one of those things where none of these pieces of information, these are all rumors. Once again, Disney hasn't said anything. So I'm expecting we'll get something around May for that May the 4th or Star Wars celebrations where they really have to kind of lay out what's going to happen next because we really don't know about with Star Wars. And um, I mean, I'm just waiting for something new in Star Wars that just shows me some really unique takes on what they can do with the universe versus kind of playing in the same playground as I've talked a million times before, because Mm -hmm. right now I feel like Star Wars is for the hardcore right now. Mm -hmm. It's not really bringing a lot of people that are like, Oh, what's this cool thing? Well, you have to know all these things. Now all these people, they just show up and they don't tell you who they are. So they don't have a lot of weight for the casual fan. Like Cad Bane just showing up. I'm like, if you didn't watch these cartoons, right. You'd be like, care about who's this guy and why is it relevant? He's just some blue dude with sharp teeth Mm -hmm. and a a hat or whatever. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not breaking. It's, it's too familiar, but it's like you said, it's too hard line. It's, it's, it's too, it's too damn deep. So yeah, Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, But I'll tell you this. Any, any further thoughts before we move on? Are we all, please make a good star Wars movie. We're all, there you go. (laughs) All Star Wars up and no place to go. Um, But uh, I'm sure Katie and I will discuss that. Well, we'll be discussing this on Code 47. Uh, Not this, not not the week that is ending the the time you're listening to this, but uh, the week after you're listening to this for the first time. You got that right? Got all that? (laughs) Um, But we'll be talking about because we've got, for the first time in franchise history, we have two Star Trek shows because of the nature of, you know, like network TV, it was like, you know, there was, you know, uh, what the hell was a uh, TGIF, you know, shows that always came out on Friday. Well, for the, you know, but in syndication land, you know, TNG was syndicated, DS9 was syndicated. So they aired wherever your local station did it. And then, you know, there was the UPN and Voyager was on a certain day, blah, blah, blah. But now that we have two shows being released on the same day. So it becomes the eternal struggle for us hardcores of which ones you watch first. I have chosen Picard. Season two kicks off, uh, or will have kicked off, uh, on May the 3rd? 2nd? May May 3rd. Uh, March. 
Good God, it's happening to all of us. Um, but we got uh, we got a, uh, a real chunk of great footage uh, on the after show, the ready room uh, from the most recent episode of uh, Star Trek Discovery, which gave us a ton of kind of game-changing footage that really, to me, I had no idea that things were going in this direction. Everything that I've seen so far about the seasons that Q returns and uh, you know, he's going to change history and then the crew has to go back to our present to try to get things sorted out. But what a lot of this footage showed uh, in this, in this link that we got was that uh, no, everybody in the crew uh, it's taking, it's going to kick off in contemporary times. Picard went back to Starfleet. He's an Admiral Uh, Rios, who is the captain of the, the, the reg, you know, the Han Solo uh, captain uh, went back to Starfleet and he's got a, he's got a regular star Starfleet ship now called the Stargazer, which is, you know, was was Picard's old ship. And, uh, you know, and Rafi is now an instructor at Starfleet Academy. So those things were all like crazy huge surprises to me. And we got some new uniforms, which Todd knows how I feel about that. <laughs> oh my God. They love you, Charlie. Please buy I know. more. I know. And it's just, and it's just, it's, the, it's this one Chainese uh, tailor, uh, the, Kazermart, uh that that gets all it's of like, my money. It's like it's like uh, was it uh, Malibu Barbie? They gave her hat, and this one looks right. like they gave it a stripe. Yes, they gave it. They 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 turned the pullover into a into a jacket with a snap. So yeah, which is basically what this is. So um, I dig on this footage. Yeah, so it was in, in this, and the time codes are in it in the beginning. There's a little uh, longer trailer, and at the end of it, there's some footage where you see you know you're on the stargazer and things are exploding, and it looks very much very Borg. It looks like we're going to bump into the Borg Queen. Um, so which we kind of knew was coming. So this really fired me up. I didn't watch this until this morning, and I was like, whoa! I was flipping out. I was very excited. <laughs> Quick I mean, question. Am... Oh, go ahead. Oh, so this is essentially now a prequel to Discovery, right? Well, it, yeah, same, it, time, it, same timeline, right? It's, so, it, it, it takes yeah. it, it takes place within the same timeline. You're correct. So you're so right. We care about this if we know they're all dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because Discovery and this are set apart by like 500 years. I'm just okay, kidding. Well, it's always a joke, right? It is both a prequel and a sequel, depending on what season of Discovery you're watching. Yeah, Discovery yeah. started as a prequel and now as a sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, you're exactly, yeah, exactly. They did that over the course of, uh, there was their game changer at the course of the end of the season. Yes. Two. Uh, but yes, you're correct. This is now a, this is now a midquel uh, somehow because it's a sequel to uh, TNG, but it's a prequel to Discovery. Um but yeah, I, I love that they're both coming out. Discovery's kind of been plugging along. I mean, Katie and I have talked about that. Todd, you and I have talked about Todd, where are you at with Discovery? Are you are you on track? I oh it's funny because you had mentioned you were kind of growing tiresome of two characters and they do both depart, which I'm like, well, how's that gonna work? And I finally saw the episode and I'm like, oh, okay. So um yeah, I'm at the part I, I don't know if that's the mid season part or not, but I guess that would be what episode four, somewhere around there. Um, this just came back and I think it's episode 11. So oh, yeah, okay, then I'm less yeah. than that. Maybe five. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm at that <laughs> point where a couple of the characters go off on new adventures. Right. And I'm, 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 I'm good with that because then that means there'll be more screen time for hopefully some supporting characters that have not gotten as much, um, which, which I always which, appreciate. Which they absolutely do. But again, good. uh, but anyway, what did you, your guys thoughts on Picard? Do you like 
fired up like I am? Does this look good to you? I think that this is going to, st- I think the stuff that they're showing us is probably like the first two episodes. That's what I'm going to say. And yeah, then I'd say so. I think we're going to get into like everything set up and look, it's all quaint and happy, even though they had accidentally almost brought in like a demi Gorgon type synth monster <laughs> yeah, right. out of exactly. another universe to kill everyone. Um, but no, everything's quite and happy. And then, you know, episode three, everything's going to go to shit. Everything that we've been talking about, about right. being like, you know, oh, he's an admiral now, you know, uh, what's his face? Um, El- Elroy or the. Uh, uh, yeah. El-, El Ron Hubbard, Elnor. Elnor. Elnor yes. Elnor is Elroy Jenkins. Yes, Elroy and- Jen- Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is absolutely phenomenal. Glad to see he's back. He was one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Mm-hmm. But I think it's. I think it's probably going to be more um, to do with Q and Guinan than... Gotcha. Q's going to show up and say, hey, you know, you totally snapped my fingers and now you're going to be back in Los Angeles. And and it's it's funny, they I did read this. Instead of dropping them in the present, they have them in Los Angeles in 2024 so that they can skip the whole COVID thing. Because I guess oh. they're telling us COVID will actually be over in two years? <laughs> why not? You know, why not? They, they probably bring... They probably cure covid and you know right. it's like they saved the whales but um I, right. I do like this one photo at the bottom where it shows picard as a child with the with the with the dapper hat with big ears. i love it's it like a I love boy it. yeah i gotta right. love that um and it is funny because this is going to be a very similar getting the band back together kind of yep. situation um, which which is fine i mean i think that's cool one thing i do hope what they do with this season they screwed up last season is they try to overpack the last episode and we spent mm-hmm. so much time just just right. you know taking their damn time and then let's get to the end i'm like oh we should have had three episodes to finish that finale we just right. did one hour so i'm right. hoping they pace this better right right yeah which was funny because that was one of the and i agree with you one of the complaints that you didn't have about the last episode of the book of boba fett is that they actually wrapped the story oh yeah i was like surprised yeah. i'm actually oh they they paced it well yeah. yes in a show where they did absolutely nothing else right <laughs> and basically exactly. two whole episodes were about a different character <laughs> <laughs> Not, not not a great looking move. So. Well, this is uh, what we're going to find out. This one's actually going to have two episodes all about Will Wheaton. You oh, know I know. Yeah, that's 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 what they're Wesley's saying. Wesley's coming back. That's the big. Uh, I will I will reserve judgment. All right, Todd. Last one's all. This this was all you because we we slept on this like nobody's business. Well, we we had some previews of some Super Bowl commercials before the Super Bowl came out, and this was a commercial that came out during the Super Bowl, and we really didn't talk about it. And um, we got a trailer, uh, which actually in the Super Bowl you didn't get the full trailer. You got kind of like a smaller trailer. This is actually the full theatrical trailer for uh, the next uh, movie from Jordan Peele, which is Nope. Uh, And this movie is taking a different pace from what we've seen before uh you know daniel kaluta's back uh steven yoon's in this kiki palmer's in this and we really don't know what we're going to get except it takes place looks like out west they talk about some african-american uh, or black uh cattle uh, horse ranchers things like that but then we see some things that potentially look like they're from outer space and we don't know much more except the movie is called nope right that's a big nope so exactly. aliens aliens coming to earth Big nope. <laughs> yeah, so Katie, Charlie and I have liked the last two movies that Jordan Peele did, um, which was just um, was Us and Get Out. Um, mm-hmm. Any any thoughts on those movies? I, I'm not sure if you're a big horror fan or not. Um, I usually am not at all. Right. Um, I, I remember that about you. Yes. You said, oh, no. I normally do horror. I, however, yeah. I absolutely loved Get Out, but I would not consider Get Out a horror movie. Um, and I think There's that's one thing suspense. that's really – 
suspense. Yeah, that's one thing that's really great about Jordan Peele is that it seems like um, with every trailer that you watch of his movie, you end up going and seeing a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing I felt with this one where I watching the trailers like there's obviously something he's not telling me especially with the with the title of nope like that is such a j- kind of a joke of especially like in horror movies and everything of like if they would have just listened to the black person who was sitting there going no we need to leave now why are you here what are we doing nope just noping out of the whole situation yeah it's, it's a straight so, up nope yeah it almost feels like it's a little bit of a like a play on words and a little bit of a like a nod to that so i'm really curious to see how the movie actually plays out and what we get um it's right. definitely one of those where i'll have my spouse watch it and then if he says i can watch it i will he'll be he'll be a screener <laughs> yes well he really loves horror movies so for him he'll probably want to watch it anyway um, but then he'll he kind of knows how to gauge it, and so he'll warn me about certain things if there's like yeah. too much violence or Smart. if there's yeah. So he'll be able to be like, okay, this is kind of where the pacing goes. These are kind of the things that might bug you or might you know trigger something for you. Do you think those would be okay? So that's that's our little uh, our little you know dynamic. Yes, it's handle. like when a parent has to pre-watch a movie for his kids to make sure exactly. there's not nudity, yes. too much sex, something like that. I so am that you, child, yes. You, so that you, you don't end up being the, uh, this was a great when uh, Deadpool came out back 2016. You had the one mom who, you know, took her like eight-year-old to see, I thought it was a superhero movie. Oh my goodness, yes. Good no, planning. That, that definitely will not happen, no. And it's kind of for his benefit, too. I have very, very bad nightmares, so. Well, oh, okay. that's, that's, <laughs> that's no good. Makes yeah, sense. totally. Um, good I good. have heard rumors that the title actually is kind of an acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ooh, okay. I've heard the acronym is potentially Not of Planet Earth. Oh, that works. I, I still love Which it. would I, make sense from I, what I, we I, saw, but, you yeah. know. Yeah, I like, I, I, I'm going to subscribe to Katie's notion. I like it better. <laughs> I'm noping out. <laughs> Jordan Peele out. But it's it's still so amazing to see someone who was a comedian, uh, you know. But in his comedy, at least on Key and Peele, you did see where he would take things and just go a different direction. Anyways, and I right. like having somebody who is fresh to horror subvert expectations and just, you know, what do you expect? And they are very unsettling movies. Um, Horror is interesting. Say us, I would say, is very. Ooh, creepy, and it's just. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it, mm-hmm. I mean, and it does feel horrific at times. So yeah, it's 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 definitely a different feel. Puts you on ease, and that's what the whole thing about horror. It should put you to feel ill at ease and not know what to expect. So I love that versus yeah, just a guy, someone with like Peel, who is very much a lover of the horror genre and who really knows the horror genre. So a lot of his movies, he's approaching them, going, "Okay, this is what people are going to expect. Let's have a dialogue and a discussion and kind of dissect." how this mm-hmm. trope came in and where these storylines kind of dissect. Definitely. I love it. Good deal. Yeah. So this, it looks to be a summer release. I am all for it. Todd, put, you can put it right at the top of your summer, summer movie wager so that she's or can stay put. <laughs> July 22nd, 2022. So we'll see that coming through. Um, but with that, that is it for the news this week. We are getting ready to pick up, uh, drop off Madam Webb at the old folks home so she can beg for a room. And we mm-hmm. are going to head on over to our favorite geek establishment for drinks, libations, and all the good food at the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So let's see, I'll kick it off this week for change. Um, 
I decided to catch up with the X-Men. It's been a while, and I was told that a good place to start is the Hellfire Gala. So the Hellfire Gala is essentially something I didn't know existed previously. Um, They used it once where the Hellfire Club had a gala, and it was um, like in the early 80s run uh, with John Byrne and um, Chris Claremont. And they uh, kicked that off. Basically, they brought it back. And they included the issue with it at the very end. But this is a 16-part series that takes place within, let me tell you how many different comic book titles it goes in. Oh, boy. Marauders, X-Force, Hellions, Excalibur, X-Men, Children of the Atom, Planet Size X-Men number one, uh, New Mutants, X-Corp, Wolverine, Sword, Way of X, X X-Factor, and Cable. There are too many damn X-Men books. Holy crap. Well, it's it's supplanted the Avengers because oh 10, my or God, 15, yes. 10 or 15 years ago, it was like new Avengers, old Avengers, sideways Avengers, young Avengers, uh, extra planetary alpha flight or whatever. It was just, yeah. And, you know, Marvel clearly not learning from the mistakes. Uh, I mean, but again, it, it depends on how many t- issues there are of these books at present, if they're successful or not, because if it was a big flopperoo, the, of uh, these books would all be going away, I'm sure. But that's just, that's crazy. That's totally crazy. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. So there's a checklist when you, when I read it through Marvel unlimited, there's a checklist right. to, to just to not go to the next book in the series because right. it will not include that story. So essentially it took right. place over. Wow. It took place from June 2nd to June 30th. So this was an over quickly. But wow. it was, once again, in all of these titles. So if you wanted to just buy this, you had to buy 16 different issues. Thank six, goodness six, for Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, 16 books times $4 each if yeah. you're getting them at the store. It's, it's, it's not cheap. Yeah. It's, it's wow. not cheap. So um, this is an interesting thing. So if you guys have not been – if anyone has not been keeping up with X-Men, Jonathan Hickman really did create a, a new age of X-Men stories, which is very cool in some ways, which kicked off with the powers of X and the – Oh, I remember the other one. Uh, there's two. There were two books that essentially kicked off this new. Um, right. It was this new. It was X. Yeah, Powers of X, and then Children of the Atom, or wasn't it? No, no? it was something else. Yeah, there's two okay. of X. Um, so essentially, what it does is basically resets the table with the mutants and saying that essentially there's this thing called Krakoa, which is a living mutant, which essentially was one from the original early stories of the X Men, which created these uh, special chemicals and things that were healing and they would uh, heal the world and all things. Well, the mutants decide they were going to then use these things to essentially fund, sell these chemicals to to heal people, cure cancer, and then essentially fund their own government. It was their way to basically set themselves up to be a self-sustaining nation where they would live on Krakoa and be recognized because they've had something they would offer the world. Well, you found out more as this one on. This is, you know, if you're going to catch up, I'll just tell you anyways. They, they also found out that there was some really unique things going on is the fact that the X-Men and Charles Xavier essentially has been backing up mutants. And Krakoa has the ability to essentially basically regrow mutants and back up their memories into a new version. So essentially, the X-Men and mutants can never die because they can get brought back. It was such a unique, like, that is really weird. Um, mm-hmm. But so that's kind of where we landed, and there's some things going on. There's there's a lot of uh, 
politics going on. But once so again, it's 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 their clones. Is it like this is the X Men's clone uh, saga? Essentially, yeah. Essentially, there are grown clones to come back and never die. So you don't okay. necessarily know who's the original, who's a copy. But it is kind of an interesting standpoint. So I don't know how long the status quo will stay. But this storyline, the Hellfire Saga, was really interesting because the White Queen was hosting essentially a cocktail party and invited every nation on earth the avengers the fantastic four everybody under the sun and essentially this whole run these 16 issues was from a different perspective of the same night which i thought was really interesting a different group of people what was going on and what i mean the fact that marvels had trusted jonathan hickman to basically leave out an architecture for all these stories is highly impressive wow and the fact that what he did with these books it's it's written like like no other mainstream comic book you've got every book has something unique about it like there's one like where it's just like it's got an internal chat with people like doing a a facebook messenger chat back and forth that's in the middle of the comic about what's going on in the party like they're chatting during the party so it's like one page in the middle of it you've got one where the mutants uh like the psychics are talking and doing that you've got one where it's in a different page where there's like almost like a gossip column for all the mutants going and it's kind of like very goofy and weird and interesting and different and the way they tell a story is very different but you find out and i don't i don't know if if you guys care i could spoil it but that's fine the culmination is this all the things that they're doing and everything that's coming forward the big reveal of this hellfire saga and i haven't gotten through it i'm like through issue 11 of this whole thing but one of the big reveals is the mutants have basically used all their powers and abilities and everything with some 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 special help to basically resuscitate Mars and create a planet for mutants that's mutant self-sustaining. Planet. Mutant planet? Whoa, okay. Exactly. And they, they if Krakoa creates a portal so they can travel in between. So they kind of figure this is the only way where we can be safe. Re- they can is be create free. our own yeah. you know, sustainable planet. So it's a really unique take. I'm like, oh my God, this is doing some things I didn't expect from a mainstream. So it's a, but I will tell it's X-Men turns into Total Recall. But it's highly reactor. <laughs> but this is highly impenetrable for anyone to read that has not been right. has any knowledge of the mutants because there's so many mutants now. There's so many people that I have not I'm not familiar with all the new ones. Yeah. Um, and what the status quo was. So for me, even this was a little bit for me. So um I'm hoping after all is said and done, Jonathan Hickman's leaving. I mm-hmm. hope they kind of retrofit this and say, that was nice and all but this is too hard to get people in and you're just going to alienate a huge audience that has never read the mutants. But so it's like, uh, it's like a crisis, you know, cause how we talked about that last week, you know, it's in the, in, over in DC, the ongoing crisis, but even starting with the original one being so completely impenetrable. Um, if you've not been, you know, if you don't know, this is Superman nine from earth 73. And is that kind of shit? You know what I mean? Well, that had an end game. I don't know if this does though. So that's the thing. I'm oh. like, hmm, where do they go with this? So we'll see right. where this goes, but it was entertaining, but it was a lot. And I didn't know if I necessarily, it wasn't, it wasn't benefiting the individual books because once again, it's part of a story. So if you were telling your own story, it kind of got sidelined to have to be part of this. So that's one of the challenges of a, mm. a crossover that happens individual right. books as it's going versus a standalone story. So, and there's no standalone story. It's just, there's not a specific like hellfire saga, like book alone. It's all happening in these it's books, just, like the old days. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like, that, that reminds me of the, the, the messiest crossover that we did in the last couple of years in April. And I actually read together, which was the war of the realms. It was like, where are they going like now squirrel girls in Canada fighting frost giants and the X-Men are in New York and it's this thing and that thing. And so I just, I just, 
I don't know, but but you're saying you dug it. You dug it, but you have fear that it's not really going to be. I, I right dug now. it, but it's it's way too in the weeds, and yeah. it's it's almost like Jonathan Hickman does this. He really weaves really deep and interesting tales that have a long payoff, but the getting there can often sometimes feel like where are you going, buddy? Because at this yeah. point, you're not really making me excited for each individual chapter, but I'm sure the overall story is cool. And this with comics, you're kind of going to make each chapter pay off. Fascinating. Oh, man. All right. Well, Katie, you uh, you are sandwiched in between, so take <laughs> it away. Um, I will say that uh, I'm breaking the mold. It's not so much that I'm reading, watching. It's what I'm playing. Um, <laughs> no! It's okay. No. It's okay. It's okay. I can I can take it. Well, Charlie, we'll talk. You talk about Legos games when you're playing. So you know. sporadically, sporadically, it was. I was, you know, what I was uh, when I was uh, off this week. I did play Lego, the uh, OG Lego Batman for a little oh, while. And it was, one, it yes. was enjoyable. Yes, it was. Enjoyable. Yes. So I am playing Chris Tales, um, and that is a new uh, Epic Games. Uh, their you know little launcher or game thing, whatever you call those things. Their server. Um, they do like a bi-weekly free game and this one was one of them and i played the demo on the ps4 and i really really enjoyed it so i've been kind of watching it um and i noticed or actually aaron pointed out to me that it was free this week so i immediately downloaded it and i have been playing it pretty much non-stop since uh it's just a turn-based rpg so pretty traditional like side scroll type of deal that way um if you've played like bravely default or um, any of like kind of the old school Final Fantasy games before they went all action combat. That's more of what the vibe is, but it's got a really nice kind of individual or a unique art overlay, which is really beautiful. So that got me going with it too. But the thing that I really enjoy is there is a mechanic in the game, especially during combat, where you can either the game the um, screen is set up with a triangle kind of in the middle. So you have the present time in the center where your characters are. And then there is the past to your left and the future to your right. So you can invoke the future crystal or the past crystal. And depending on what you're doing will impact what the results are with a fight. So you can go and have activate the past crystal, have one of your dudes plant a little poison plant and then break it. So it brings them back to the future or back to the future it brings them to the present <laughs> and then like all of the guys will end up being poisoned because that little plant would have grown and you know blossomed and poisoned everybody so you've got all these different things that you can do to kind of play with it and see how the um, enemies react there's this little frog that hangs out with you and you can kind of send him in the past and him in the future so you can find like treasure chests if you're watching either side of the screen sometimes you have to interact with something like it will have gotten destroyed so you send him back and then you end up getting a key detail or you know an artifact you have to give to someone else so lots of side quests um you know very much just that kind of traditional rpg feel to it but i've really really enjoyed it because i love me some turn-based combat especially nice. when you've got a fun little mechanic that was uh todd you remember my, the 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 that was that uh, that Facebook game that I loved all those years. Yeah, the that, Avengers game you liked. The Avengers, game, which I, it was so long ago, and I played it like every day that I could not even tell you what it was called. I, it was not Avengers Alliance, but it was something. It was just a Facebook game. They eventually did away with it. So I loved that game. That was that was a hard one to get over. So I do understand how you feel. Yeah, I, I've seen that one, uh, Katie. I've seen the Chris Tales, and that was one of the things that people thought that set it apart was the time mechanic. Um, they said some people got it a little overwhelming, but that's kind of cool. The art style looks really neat in the game um how, so i'm just curious how long you think the game will be 
Um, playing it, I, I've put probably like 15 hours into it and yeah, I I told you I've been playing hyper fixation for the win. (laughs) Um, but it's probably, I'm going to say like a 20 to 30 hour game, um, depending on how fast you go through this stuff. Um, so it's not like a huge, huge game, but I would say, I think the normal price for it is 40 bucks. Um, and for all, you know, all of the characters have voice actors, um all of you know all of them are individual or have you know their own art style rendering and have a few different kind of art sprites that you'll have during conversations so you know they took a lot of time to make a lot of effort or put a lot of effort into the art style and into the mechanics of the game it runs very smoothly so i would say it's worth the 40 bucks but also you can get it for free right now so do that very cool yeah epic games they do some the great best deal in games all those free games they can play gotta love it Okay, and you, so you've been rewatching Discovery as well, looks like. <laughs> I have, yeah. Um, my dad was laid up with me for the past week. And oh, good. I, needed I mean, to oh, bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, geez, Todd, okay. No, well, I mean, get some <laughs> quality bad. time with him still. Yes. Yes. Yeah, fun quality time. So we actually rewatched the first season of Picard because he hadn't seen that. And it was one of those things where I needed to be able to um, work on the couch next to him while he was laid up. And be able to know what was going on and have it be interesting enough to keep his interest. So I was doing a lot of shows that I uh, were interesting, but that I could kind of half watch and still enjoy. So we watched Picard and then we were rewatching Discovery because I just was on my home screen because I had already watched the current two episodes from Code 47. So he goes, oh, what's this? And he just clicks it and starts watching it. Saru is definitely his favorite. He nice. You know, that really t- tall guy with the weird feet. That's how he calls Saru. <laughs> yes, he's got hooves. Uh, I will be saying, I've met him before because I met him at GRCon in 2018, but I'm going to be down at the Hall of Heroes this weekend repping the club, and Doug Jones is one of the guests. So I will get to meet him again, but I'm in more of an official capacity. So I'm kind of excited. Yeah, and that's like Doug Jones, definitely my uh, one of my favorite actors in that show. And honestly, I think the entire cast does a really great job. Totally. Um, so it's it was fun to just kind of go back, rewatch it, and kind of catch a few things that I hadn't seen before, like Saru sass. Saru is very sassy. I did not realize how sassy he is. <laughs> yeah, from the get go, he was really back in the first season when he and he and Burnham were really loggerheads. He mm-hmm. was he was he was very it was it was a snark attack anytime the two of them were talking. Really, yeah, really just really just well, not very nice. I don't even know what was going on. There was one scene where he's in the captain's chair. They're fighting stuff and everything's going crazy. And his little threat ganglia come out. Oh, right. Like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, someone <laughs> looks over at him. He puts up. He goes, are you even surprised at this point? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so my, my, funny. my. It's, it's awesome. cool if you think about it is the fact that he is truly really the first alien looking i mean you can say the klingons in the original yeah. next generation but he's really the first really looking alien looking main right. cast member which i thought was a cool idea and i'm glad they did i like the one um android type character but yeah, got um, killed um, off obviously I thought oh, Ar- was, Arium. Yeah. yeah i thought yeah. that was a cool so i was really excited when they're like oh they're gonna have some really cool unique like aliens and, and cast members that would be cool but obviously um yeah yeah. yeah, and they t- they take it all the way because yeah, he's got the hooves, but he also his arms sway when he walks. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's that you're right. There's not really another start. Well, a, a past Brent Spiner who was very you know with his ticks and the way he he comported himself as Data, it was notable, but certainly not the way the Saru did things. It does things. He really kind of takes it to another level. I think, like Todd was saying, oh, very yeah. alien. 
And well, and even with the fact that he's got full prosthetic face on and you still can see those subtle movements of like right. his eyebrows furrowing or being surprised. And like he, he can't even have the natural pupil dilation that you would get with those types of, you know, expressions. And he still is able to have a really a lot of nuance and subtlety with that character, which is just absolutely incredible. Right. For sure. Well, I will take us home. Mine is probably a little bit more brief. Uh, I absolutely love 30 Rock's sitcom. And this is one that that April and I, we just finished watching Schitt's Creek, which she just loved. Like, laugh out loud, love, loved. You know, and this is, you know, a- April is not quite as rolling on the floor laughing as I am about a lot of stuff. But she loves Schitt's Creek, like, was just laughing out loud. So I thought, let me introduce you to this other sitcom that I really love, and we'll see. And we started watching it, and I just the, the the hook wasn't in. You know, I wasn't wasn't really getting much of a reaction. But time went on, and, and Todd and I have discussed this time and again with sitcoms. It just they, they got to marinate a little bit. That first season, maybe you'll get a you'll get a pitch here and there. Some are going to be great from the get go, but most you know it's going to take a little bit of time. And so we're now into season four, and we're into full tilt. You know, lol, rof. O T O L rolling on the floor laughing. We're getting we're getting we're getting a lot of great laughs out of this deal, and I I love seeing it. Katie, have you watched the show? Are you familiar have, with yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I I just just oh every every because it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. Everything they do is ridiculous. So and Todd, I know that you're watching. Uh, I was going to say my it's my name is Earl. How my name is Earl. Earl. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm finally catching up on that one after I paused halfway through season one about 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> so, was on t- so there we go. So yes, in, in equal terms. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, but uh, I talked a little bit about, you know, April and I are also big fans of uh, you know, filmmaker slash actor Tyler Sheridan, who does Yellowstone. Uh, his his spinoff prequel uh, was 10 episodes, which is on Paramount Plus called 1883. It has to do with the family of settlers and, and their voyage that would eventually get them to Montana, which then became the the spinoff for Yellowstone. Well, the the, uh, the the series finally concluded, or the first season rather, because I think there's going to be a second season. Um, with you know, very tragically, uh, you know, because it was it was interesting, and I know I know I, I get the feeling neither one of you are watching it, and probably nobody 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 else is really tuning in besides me, because again, it's a little bit off genre. But the first episode starts with our main character. Uh, a you know, nineteen-year-old uh, woman, uh, Elsa, what, Isabella May, or I was going to say her Elsa. Now I can't remember the name of the character. I'm going to call her Elsa because she looks like Elsa from Frozen. This is terrible. But she's um, when when this first episode uh, opens, there's Native Americans running around a couple of wagons that that is on fire. One in their Lakota, they chase a woman down and she scalps her. They're shooting arrows, and it's like, wow, this is a really a great start. And then you see, you know, Elsa from Frozen get shot through with an arrow at the same time she's shooting this Native American off of his horse. And then the series continues from the beginning. Um, so we finally get to the point in the, where that scene happened in the last episode or two. Uh, found out that she was gravely wounded and her father, played by Tim McGraw, says, well, wherever it is that she does die when they figured out that we can't save her, that's where we're we're going to settle. And so that's where the, that's where the setting of Yellowstone is going to be. So that's what happened in this episode. And it was just, it was really tough um, to watch that. You know, I think April read a, read a preview of it beforehand, said, had the tissues ready. And we watched it. It was on today. We watched the kind of first thing. And I, I love it. Again, it's, it's not genre per se, unless you're into, you know, old timey Westerns and stuff, but it was a great drama. This guy does really 
great work. We're you know kind of a big fan, big fan of what he does. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty gripping. It was pretty great. But at the end of it, of all of the settlers in this. I think, you know, we started out with a group of, they were trying to help a group of immigrants settle. All of the immigrants died, except for two or three of them. And uh, one of the other main characters that was uh, played by, I want to say Sam Neill, but it's it's the guy with the cookie duster mustache with the real deep voice. It's Sam something. Todd, help me out. Oh, it's Sam. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. The mayor. Yeah. For the new Sam, mayor. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Yeah, in, in the in the end of it, he dies to uh, the guy who would play the anti-monitor on Arrow. He lives. Um, and then uh, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and their young son live and everybody else. So, folks, so. if you are watching Yellowstone and you haven't caught up, enjoy that. Uh, well, this, I'm, not ta- I'm, not ta- I'm not talking about Yellowstone. I'm talking about or, the- or, or 1883, which Every, yeah. everybody was 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 dead by then anyway. So anyway, yes, a lot of sa- a lot of sadness looking for and very much looking forward to Picard Discovery this week. So that's that's where I'm at. And the, and guess what, folks? We'll be listening. Uh, we'll talk about Outlander the future, where we can talk about a Harlequin time travel. Yes. Oh my God! Well, I'm surprised see- you didn't talk about the 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 pre the uh, prequel to Outlander is coming, so they can go further back and have more time travel. What? I didn't know about that. Yes, it's oh coming. Believe goodness. me, of course oh. it's coming. And we well, got more time travel and more handsome men, and they can do their thing. Oh, Todd, what thing is that? Oh, I, I know. I know. Todd gets embarrassed. He doesn't like to talk about that kind of stuff. No. <laughs> Believe me, that's the, if I'm going to watch it, that's not the type of show I'm watching it for. If you get my drift. It's not the 70s anymore where you don't have access to that stuff. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, that that is it for me. So. Without further ado, now it's time to ditch out of this little dirt hole, uh, pour our drinks out, see if we can uh, ditch on the tab. Uh, but we've got to get an Uber to get over to the airport, Qantas Airlines, off to the land down under to visit the Thunderdome where the mutants await not so patiently. So let's go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we're playing a game we haven't played since episode 329, and that is the Secret Friends Unite Pitch Meeting. This is a simple game that's going to be rocking the nation. It's very simple. So each of our contestants has to create an original creation where they will be picking between a setting name, a genre, an antagonist, and a protagonist based on a list of creations that... I and all the other uh, contestants have created. So for this round, Charlie will be the first one to create his story based on my choices um, of setting, genre, antagonist, protagonist name Charlie. So if you're ready to start, give me a number between one, two through 11 for the setting. Setting number will be nine. Ninjaville. Ninjaville. Okay. Genre, two through nine. Uh, one. So that is going to be sci-fi. Sci-fi. Okay. Then you will have an antagonist, two through nine. Uh, nine. Military slash government. Military slash gov t. Okay. Lastly, protagonist name, two through eleven. Uh, we will go with 11. All right. Angel Devil Kiss. Angel 
devil kiss. My, right. so, my, my first girlfriend. <laughs> those are all of your choices with setting, genre, antagonist, and protagonist name. So take it away, Charlie. What are you making for us? All right. Well, here's the thing. In the uh, the colony in a distant world called – hello? Whoops. I heard a bum, 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 bum. Somebody dropped something? Nope. Okay. Very good. Uh, in the colonial distant world of Ninjaville uh, in a – far, far away galaxy, the military government industrial complex uh, wants to bring bring upon a new genesis in cloning. They want to clone uh, ninjas from feudal Japan and bring them into, and to populate a new colony of, of super powered ninja warriors that will be at their disposal to unleash upon their enemies. Uh, and the only person that is going to stand in their way is a plucky scientist named Angel Devil Kiss. But she is not what she seems. That's the pitch. What's the name of this thing? I, somebody dropping their microphone in a squeaky toy. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of background noise. Todd, get those cats out of there. Um, the name of this is... Kiss Me Ninja. Is it a movie or TV? What is what's the the format? This is a ten part limited series by Netflix. Very nice, very nice. Well, very good work. So, uh, Katie, you and I have to decide if we're going to accept this pitch. So, what's your thoughts? I feel like I've seen it before. In all honesty. Well, yeah, Netflix never swings too wide for the fences, so that's okay. I understand. <laughs> so are you are you greenlighting it? Yeah, I mean, well, if we're from Netflix, then yeah, obviously we will. <laughs> we <laughs> Don't make anything. Don't make anything. Here's money. Yes. Take all our money. Give me money, please. <laughs> get some money. Get some money from the money tree. All mm-hmm. right. Well, Charlie, you have been funded with what was the name again? Um, Kiss Me Deadly. No, I don't think that's what you said originally. Kiss (laughs) Kiss me, Ninja. Kiss me, Ninja. Okay, there we go. We'll take it. We'll take it. Okay. So, um, yeah. So next, Katie, I have to pick from your list. So uh, just tell me, uh, and I'll go. All right. um, Setting name would be um, two through ten. I'll pick five. Um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Where the wind wow. comes sweeping down the plains. I was in that show freshman year of high school. Thank you, Charlie. Right. <laughs> For genre, um, yes. two through eight. Two through eight. I'll go with six. All right. Historical. Oh, historical. <laughs> Is this called 1883? No. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm telling you, somewhere in season two, there, there are going to be robots or aliens. It's coming. All right. So uh, antagonist okay. would be um two through nine. Okay, we'll go seven. Okay. Um that is the, the paper clip from the office. Clippy? <laughs> from yeah, Clippy. Clippy? Oh my goodness, love <laughs> you, this. You, you said the office, and I'm like, was that in the office? Was there no, an episode sorry, about that? Oh, okay. He was in Microsoft episode three. Yeah, they from, o- yeah. from office. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I should have told you mine are going mine went off the rails real fast. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, this is gonna be fun. Okay, uh protagonist <laughs> is um two through nine. Mm, I'm gonna go with eight. All right, um, that is Fluffernutter the cat. Fluffernutter. Oh, boy. 
All right. Okay. So, okay. This is going to be one of those sappy Animal Planet, like, made-for-TV films. This is going to happen out west um, when we find an angry ranch hand. He's bedraggled. He's drunk. Bedraggled. He's pissed at the world. His wife's been killed. His children were kidnapped and sold to pirates off the coast of Florida. Todd, that was eighteen. That was eighteen eighty-three. You got it. And uh, see, I didn't even watch the show. I I made it up. (laughs) He has nothing to live for. He sleeps on a bench. He smells bad. The world is ending. This this Oklahoma Oki has nothing to do. And then one day, he found finds a little fluff ball. He's about to step on it. He looks down. It's the cutest little kitty you ever did see. But he's struggling in life. He's got four broken paws. His tail's torn off. He's bleeding from the gums. Something happened. And this man, John Jameson Jones the Eighth, has to save this little cat. He melts his heart. So he takes him to the vet. The vet brings him back to life. But then... James Jameson Jonas the Eighth has a change of heart. The Jonas Brothers. This cat charms him and breaks him down, brings him back, stops him from drinking, makes his life change. And Fluffer the cat, named after his dead wife's favorite sandwich spread, (laughs) Fluffer Nutter sandwich, um, becomes the best friend he ever had. But then tragedy strikes james jonathan jameson the eighth which his name varies by time you ask um (laughs) wakes up in the middle of the night and a man or a thing in the shape of a curlicue standing over his bed and stabs him no and and escapes in the night fluffer nutter wakes up suddenly sees the dead body there and goes on a tale of epic rampage for Clippy, who did it. Clippy time traveled back in time. Forward in time. To kill the man who decided Clippy would no longer exist in Microsoft Word. He was a Terminator. So Fluffer Nutter the cat. Quickly, we get a montage where Fluffer Nutter gets a mohawk. It's the uh, the elephant or the, 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 the lion cut. Starts doing push-ups. Gets stronger. Does target shooting in a Nax Avenge, finds Clippy's cohorts um, along with um, piano, what is it, a keyboard cat, uh, <laughs> mean guy, <laughs> takes down the gang in a Nax Revenge. And that's called Fluffer Nutter's Remorse coming to Anna Planet. That sounds wildly violent for Animal Planet, uh, but I'm going to say you seen some of those documentaries. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> real life violence. I mean, I'm going to say this is a, this is a wild departure, um, and I think there would be no reason that this couldn't get made. It's uh, it's it, it's equal parts of uh, heartstring tearing or ripping. Um, it's 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 irreverent. Uh, it's going to get the nerd crowd. I think I think it's going to be a hit. I think I like the um, kind of re- reverse John Wick vibes that we have going on here. Where right. 
You know, yeah, it's the dog dying and the guy going on the rampage. The guy dies and the cat goes on a rampage. So, I mean, at first I was I was feeling like it might be a better pitch to Hallmark Channel than to Animal Planet. But I think that right. that other side wrapped it up. I think we're good to go. I like it. The, and, the, and, the, and the mohawk is the – that's the chef's kiss. You got that yeah, one. Definitely. The breaking Bad of uh, Animal Planet films. <laughs> well, I mean, all we right. We should already be talking sequels at this point. I think so. Whole series. Yeah, exactly. Somebody kills Fluffernutter's litter. That'd be bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh Takes him hostage. Goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh wow. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the antagonist. That would be Google Drive. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, now the the best for last. So, Katie, you get to pick right. from Charlie's selection. Fire away. Uh, so yeah, give me a number. Okay. Um, for the setting, sorry. Okay, from, from which from which it's from two through twelve. Uh, yeah, two through twelve. You got okay. it. Um, seven. Number seven is Yavin Four. Am I supposed to see? Why did I go with Charlie here? Because now I've got to Google Yavin Four. It was. It was, it was. It was. You picked real. Planet. You picked real places. It was. It, it was. It was the planet. Well, I guess you picked was, Oklahoma, so it doesn't really matter. I guess. It I was. Think everybody the, would know what Oklahoma was, though. Yeah, Yavin Four was the rebel base at the end of Star Wars. Okay. Okay. There cool. you go. Okay. Good to know. All right. Okay, and then for genre, um, let's do four. Uh, that would be the genre is. <clears throat> guess me, genre is noir. Oh, okay, okay. And then let's go with 12. 12 for the antagonist is the Rat King. Okay, okay. And then um, for protagonist, let's go with 10. 10 is Albus Dumbledore, my dog. Oh, you picked real names. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Question: no, is Albus Dumbledore, no, it's, it's, or is it it's, your dog? Because we can do either. It, it's uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I'll give Todd the choice. Which one is it, Todd? I didn't know we were picking. Like, I, I think we could get like a copyright claim, Charlie. See, in the future, you might want to not like pick like copyrighted like characters because you know J.K. Rowling's will come for us. Well, then well, let's do, it's your dog. It's your dog. Yeah, there you go. There it's, you my go. Dog. Albus it's my the dog. dog. Albus my the dog. Albus the dog. Okay. And let's let's just hope Oklahoma doesn't come after us. <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to have this opening on a grizzled, rainy jungle. You know, it starts out in the sky, the camera pans down, and you hear that, like, low saxophony, you know, music that you always hear when it's starting. And you see this little... I don't know what does Elvis look like. We're we're gonna say he's like some sort of terrier. He's man. he's a he looks the most like a Jack Russell terrier. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah, kind yeah. of the yeah, kind of just scraggly. He's you know walking through the mud. Everything's really gritty, and you so find sad. out he go. You hear this voiceover, and he goes, "It wasn't always like this. I used to have a bone of my own, but then he came along." <sighs> I don't want to talk about it, but the therapist says I got to get this kind of stuff off my chest. So here's a story about how the Rat King stole everything from me, including the love of my life. And then it shows a flash of one of the little bear guys that I totally Ewoks. On. <laughs> Ewok, yeah. Ewok. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Because it's hinting that Albus used to be owned by an Ewok and they were best friends. 
Oh, yeah, no. super sad. Well, I thought this was a relationship. No, I no, mean, no. I mean, different... oh, I thought it was like a girlfriend or something. Oh no, I mean, let's be real. A dog's love of their life is going to be their owner. Okay, oh, totally, totally. So, but the entire movie is Albus solving the crime of what happened to his owner on Yavin Five because the Rat King, you think, kidnapped his owner, but you're not really sure. Right. All is not as it seems. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm going to say that this is going to be um, one of those animated Star Wars <laughs> TV shows. Oh, it'll be on Vision, so it'll be very short. It's like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, we're going, we're going for like the full twelve episodes. This oh, like, I like, like it. Okay, how, yeah. how many is Albus actually in though? <laughs> um, well, we're gonna have we're gonna have a flashback of uh, I would say the Rat King in at least one. Because you got to have the one where you're building the Rat King character. So at least one of those. <laughs> building the Rat. It's, you know, a Rat King, of course, is just oh, 100, yeah. ra- 100 rats in a trench coat, which yeah. really fits with the uh, the noir setting. Yeah, this is does. really this is really taken off. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, blow, I'm blown away. I already think this is the best one. Is this, this canon, is- though? Yes, it's all <laughs> canon. Shoot Every, the oh, Rat Shoot the Rat King with the cannon. Yes, this is this is green light, uh, but Disney might have to put it on Hulu. Watch out. That's Probably. true. Might be a little might be a little mature for audiences. <laughs> oh, very good, Katie. Very good. So yes, I think we've hammered all the details. I think these uh, ideas are ready to go. So this show is going to make us some big bucks. We'll get the producing credits. You know, what? we're on our way, folks. I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, pitch me, man. Yeah, last time we did this one was like. 18 months ago so yeah i'm glad i'm glad we dusted off this old chestnut 18 months ago we're at 329 to 364 that's barely a year charlie oh well excuse me <laughs> 13 <laughs> months ago i can't math either so it's fine i wouldn't have been able to uh, about, eight been about eight months it's been about eight months man ouch excuse yeah. me <laughs> I, I didn't want the fact checkers getting mad at us, Charlie. Come on. We have fact checkers? Shit. Oh, sure. Yeah. Hopefully. Wikipedia entry. Yeah. Oh, oh exactly. my goodness. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, well, that is it for Pitch Meeting. Obviously, this is copyrighted. You can't play this game at home because our lawyers will be knocking on your door at the same time. Uh, Hollywood's uh, lawyers are knocking on our door for violating their copyright. So enjoy <laughs> the copyright infractions it and was play out- the game. It was Albus the dog, and she actually said Yavin 5 when it was the setting is Yavin 4. There we so go. We got out of it, and the Rat, King is, the, the, the Rat King is not copyrighted by uh, the NBC Universal Shinehart Wig Corporation because it was because it was in 30 Rock. Absolutely. So that is it for the show, and now we are ready to give our goodbyes and where you can find us around the interwebs. So, Katie, before we leave, tell people how they can find you. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at QTGeek. That is Q underscore T Geek. Um, and then I am on Instagram at Quintessential Geek. Excellent. And of course, you can always find me over on Twitter uh, at the at the, C, at the C3. Spell it out. I also do run the USS Grand Petoskey, a chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club here in Michigan, which you can find us online, on Facebook, on Twitter, Etc. I also try to slap some content up there at the Secret Friends Unite Facebook page when people aren't shouting me down. Um, you know, trying to shut when Todd's not trying to shut me up. But that's me. 
Very good. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Tioxtra. Um, and the very cool part is this weekend coming up on the 4th through the 6th, we'll be doing a fundraiser for Bobby Pauls, our geek guru we lost last year to COVID. Um, we're, he, they're doing a fundraiser in his name for autism. Um, and I'm going to be doing some streaming most likely on Saturday the 5th or the fourth, one of those days I'll be streaming because I want to support them and raise money for that charity because we, we lost a, a big gem with Bobby and especially as Charlie and I will be talking about the Batman next weekend. Yeah. Bobby would have been our guest because he was yeah. a Secret Friends Unites resident DC expert. So with that, please check me out. If you want to donate, you want to do something like that or just watch me have a good time and be stupid. I'll be streaming on Twitch, which I don't do very often. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> so enjoy. Right. Good stuff. Well, friends, as always, I'm going to tell you, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Keep it sleazy. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Fluffer This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.